Having properly functioning gear is critical to a successful event. A weak link in the chain can cause problems, but it's not always the end of the world. Today we talk about preventative measures for avoiding disaster and how to keep your cool when things go wrong. My name is Mike O'Neill, and this is Gig Essentials. Welcome once again to another episode of Gig Essentials. Uh, once again, I have the usual suspects with me here today. Mike, Tom, Gene, Chris. How's it going, fellas? Pretty, pretty good. Doing all right. Good, good. Making it making it work. We're almost at the end of the week here. Weekend is right around the corner. Yes. Not that, not that that really means anything when you're in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's, can't wait to keep yeah. doing more of nothing. <laughs> Um, all right, so we've been on this tear with uh, preparation and whatnot from um, what we're wearing to what we're eating to how we're packing everything into the trucks and everything, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well, and then uh, talk about um, kind of addressing some issues that we see on the road, and we're going to focus more on the gear uh, than anything else today, because without that gear show doesn't happen right there's there's no lights there's no sounds there's a bunch of rioting there's uh you know there's <laughs> there's, there's engineers screaming running out the door while people chase them with torches and pitchforks um so let's start from the very beginning here um gene and chris you guys are in the uh the warehouse gene being the the warehouse manager um let's talk about from the very beginning before we even load everything up and put it in the truck and head out to the event, what are we doing as preemptive measures and proactive measures to make sure that the gear is in good working order? Uh, well, a lot of that, you know, starts with when it comes back from the last show. Yeah, generally, you want to make sure it's working bef when it comes back from a show so you don't have to worry about that when it goes, when you're trying to get it ready to go out again. Mm -hmm. Is there is there anything in particular that we're doing? Like, are we like any sort of testing or anything like that um, to make sure that it's still good to go when it comes back? Yeah, I know. Even before any of this happened, I think one of the last things I was doing in the shop was powering on lights individually, running through all of their functions. So it's like we we just got uh, new moving headlights, and um, you know, it's it's always important to like. You take every individual light. Anything that had a problem is the first thing that you check. So I know we have a system where we'll we uh, serialize all of our inventory, so you can easily uh, you know send an email yourself or send it to somebody else and be like, hey, this number had an issue. Uh, here was the problem. You should probably take a look at this when it gets back. So we take uh, good care in like making sure that we're on top of the problems as they arise, and then when we hear, when we're uh, when we have the time available to check them, test everything that you can do that. Uh, properly so it's just a matter of like you take every light you plug it all in you make sure first it powers on it power cycles and then you can go through every function you find whatever uh through their menu system if you got touch pads or you take a lighting board and you can go through and say pan tilt color change all of that stuff and then um you know on the audio side it's just finding any of those microphones that have issues going through every one testing each one on a board making sure that it's passing signal uh, also important is to have a speaker hooked up to that mixer. That way 
you can see like a lot of the times you can see signal passing in through the lights on a mixer but you never really know if there's any sonic characteristics that are a problem with that microphone if you're having issues with it in the first place right so it's important to do a full uh it's important to like go through the full process of like testing every aspect of that you know what i mean and that includes uh boards too so running through the EQs, making sure all the effect sends work, making sure all the aux sends work, stuff like that. And then um, even more importantly is not getting not getting wrapped up in uh, maybe mixing and matching broken gear with other broken gear. You know what I mean? Because then you can find problems where if you tested a bad cable with a bad mixer, it's like you don't know which one's bad. And then you may start coming into like a feedback loop of like, oh, well, wait, all of these cables are bad. And then you have to think, well, there's no way all of them are bad. Maybe it's the mixer. You know what I mean? So it's important if you're checking gear like that, you know, make sure you suss out issues with each aspect of your chain of like, you know, of your signal path of whatever chain you're going to to make sure that you can take those issues and actually find the problem instead of running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to search for everything at once right you want as you want as few variables in that equation as as possible right exactly um, have, have as many constants as you as you can so that you know that specific things are working so that when you're doing those tests you know if you know if an issue arises i know it's not x y and z because that stuff's already solid you know i know exactly. it's whatever the yeah. newest thing is that i added into the equation yes yeah, yes. yeah eliminates a lot of headaches certainly mm -hmm. cool um all right so i had a question and now i forgot it but uh moving on um once we've figured out that everything that we're going to be taking out is good we've got it all packed up in the truck um there's at least one more step i would think if we are differentiating between a, a local show you know we're based out of wilmington if we're doing something within maybe like an hour or an hour and a half of of the uh of the shop versus, you know, if we're doing something out of state, right? Um, there's, I would imagine there's a couple of different protocols for having a backup plan should something actually fail. Um, so what are we, what are we doing with those? How are we, um, I guess, addressing those things depending on where that show is going to be? Um, Tom, did you want to speak to that? Yeah. Um, since I put together a lot of the packages that we're sending out, um, one thing that I always go through is kind of a mental checklist is every system that we're sending out, what items is it permissible for them to fail and without consequence? Um, and what items are not permissible to fail? So a mixing console is kind of like the heart of the whole system. Right. Uh, if that mixing console goes down, you can't make anything work whatsoever. Um, so it's really important to say um, you have to balance. I mean, as we talked about in the last episode, there's only so much room on the truck. So if you send a redundant for every single item, it's going to, uh, you know, really make it difficult to get the <laughs> right. gear there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we look at things and say, okay, um, there's no chance or there's no chance of recovery if this mixing console fails. So we need some form of backup, even if it is, you know, we're sending out 24 channel consoles, our main, we might even just send like a four channel mixer as our backup, because at least you can get something happening if that um, mixer fails. And you hope it doesn't, but, you know, at least I can maybe, you know, get the band on a couple of inputs to make them work. I can use it to 
play some uh, intermission music while we're getting the console worked on. There's not total dead silence. Things I wouldn't really worry too much about carrying like a redundant to every single thing is if I had a kit of microphones. Um, I might only have one kick drum microphone in there. If it fails, I can grab a vocal mic, put in the drum, EQ it, it'll work. So it's probably not worth carrying that extra little bit of weight for that kind of thing. Sure. But I wouldn't just send one microphone to a show. Every show, even if it's a single microphone speaker, would get two microphones because I want to back up to it. Every show, if it just needs one cable, we'll get two cables with it. Um, there's a backup to everything. Um, even if it's a little bit inferior to what the, you know, the ideal would be, there's really no failure if you can at least get some sound coming out. Um, so it's really important to also factor how far away you'll be from things. If I was going out doing a show in the middle of the desert, I'd certainly take a lot more redundancy with me um, because there's no chance of getting anything if you had that failure. Mm -hmm. um, if you are within, say, 15 or 20 minutes of the shop, um, something that was pretty important for us as a company to set up is we always try and keep at least one person in the warehouse at all times, even if it's a you know, just somebody that's doing payroll or books or something like that, the ability to call somebody up and get them to bring something out to a show for you if you need it. Sure. Um, and that works really well if you're in maybe like 15 to 20 minutes of the shop. Um, you certainly don't want any kind of delay if something's happening in the middle of a show. Um, that's where you want to have those redundant items. But if it's something during sound check, you discover, oh, this wireless mic won't come on you can call the shop. Um, and that's another thing similar to what we talked about with the trucks. As soon as you discover that there's a problem, call somebody that can help you at the shop and just say, hey, I wanted to let you know, you know, two minutes ago, this microphone stopped working. We think we can fix it. Just make sure you hang around for a couple of minutes. Keep your phone on. Be ready in case I need that uh, extra piece of equipment. Right. Um, sometimes... A couple of times I've made that call for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's worth... Like the very first thing you want to know, uh, do is let somebody know, hey, this is happening. Be ready to help me out with the solution. Maybe I can fix it. Maybe I can't. But I want you to be available. Um, now, when you get beyond that radius, uh, if we're working a show in Philadelphia or you know St. Louis, Kansas City, you name it, um, it's a good idea to have an idea of what your resources are in the area. So the great thing about audio equipment is... Um, it's pretty well standardized that you can find in any major metropolitan area a piece of equipment identical or comparable to what you have. Um, so in situations I've been where maybe I've needed a few additional cables or things like that, hop on the phone, Google, you know, Kansas City Pro Audio, see what comes up, and make those phone calls. It may take three or four phone calls to be able to get through to somebody, um, but that's one of your best things you can do is just immediately get on the phone, start calling around. Hey, who has that replacement mixing console? Do you have a couple additional mic stands? Um, Uber, you can hop in an Uber, go over to their shop, pick it up. I've, I've gotten cables and thrown them in the trunk of an Uber before and brought them back. Um, I think I found that people are generally pretty understanding, even if you're on their turf or in their sales zone, you know, people just want to help you out at the end of the day. So, um, you know, everybody in the production industry is very understanding and agreeable to help. If anybody called me at any time of the day, I'd do what I could if I had the people available to do it. Um, and then the other thing that you'll want to build up over time is 
if you know somebody that works at an audio company, um, your network is your net worth. Um, you meet a guy out on the show and, um, you know, they've got a nice system. You're out of town. Maybe you're just working as a freelance tech. Get their cell number. Uh, there's often a back door to getting stuff that you need. So if you see that the hours of a shop are nine to five, if somebody, if I know them personally and they need assistance and they call me at eight o'clock at night, if I'm free, if I'm just watching TV, yeah, I'll go over to the shop and let them in and get them the gear that they need. Um, and I found that to be reciprocal. You know, you work in other cities. If, if I have a friend that's uh, somebody on Facebook that's 300 miles away from here and I'm in their town doing a job and need something and I need a piece of equipment, I'll hit them up on Facebook Messenger and say, hey, buddy, like, do you have keys to the shop? Can you help me out? And yeah, it's a 50-50 shop, but a lot of times people are really willing to help out because I think that's just how we are in this industry. Yeah, and that's good to know. I mean, it seems very community-like, you know, everybody just wants to provide a good experience and, and, and help each other out. So that's, that's always good. Um, and just having those numbers, even like you said, if it is a 50, 50, I'll take that over zero. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's good to make those connections and just, you know, get to get to know people in the area and throughout the, the country and, and that sort of thing. And just like you said, you're, network is your net worth so having having all those connections can can only help i would imagine um do you guys have any particular stories from uh being out on the road of of things that uh you've had to fix kind of on the fly that have uh ended up being successful i've definitely made rookie moves of like just blindly forgetting gear at shops or at the shop and like having to call that person at the desk and have them run that stuff out to me for sure i mean multiple times it's been like dude we didn't pack any di's in the mic kit or like something along those lines where it's like oh we we didn't even bring any of the mics you know what i mean and it's just been like well at that point it's like well don't point blame and try and figure out who did it it's just like let's just figure out how to get this done and get people out here so it, it goes to that to like you know i've seen a lot of mitigation where it's like if you know it's raining and you've got a lighting truss in the air it's like dude i've I've covered full lighting trusses in 3m plastic over and over like just wrapped it all the way around all the lighting fixtures and tried to fix that um i've seen stuff where like we put sheets of 3m plastic behind video walls to try and keep them dry in you know for through rainstorms you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes down to like how to how to like properly assess the situation you're in and make sure that you can stop any problems that might be arising to like if you have to react to it you better be ready to start breaking open panels and trying to figure out where the problems are figuring out which panels are broken on a video wall or like i've seen uh lighting techs that i've worked with pull out full power modules and replace them in in moving fixtures and stuff like that so it all kind of goes to what your skill level is and what you're comfortable with doing but also making sure that you're willing to do it, be ready to do it. And then also kind of have that plan B and C in your back pocket to be like, all right, well, if this fails and we can't really do it here, let's call, uh, you know, like Tom said, or, uh, you know, let's call so-and-so and see if we can get their lighting guy out here, see if we can get somebody else. I've had other problems where like, I've made silly mistakes hooking up consoles and, you know, your, your network cables are on the wrong ports in the back of the console. And I've spent, maybe I spent maybe like an hour at this gig load in and it was like the last issue and I didn't really see it. 
you're kind of in the weeds of like, you know, you're, you're looking for all the other problems and you're not really seeing what's right in front of you. And it took a matter of having the, you know, the house engineer that I was uh, trying to like tech for call his buddy. And then he's like, well, show me the back of the console. And he's like, well, there's your problem. Your network cables are in the wrong ports. And it's just like, you know, it feels bad uh. when you're that. Yeah, it feels bad when you're that guy. I've definitely hung my head and just been like, all right, I'm, I'm done with my life. I might as well figure something else out to do. But at the same time, I, you know, it's it's a lot of like everybody's kind of been there. Uh, you know, the dudes that I was working with were, you know, awesome enough to just be like, hey, man, don't beat yourself up too much about it. We've all been there. So it's definitely comes down to that community aspect where it's like everybody's felt that everybody's everybody's mm. made that stupid mistake everybody's had to you know go be- with their tail between their legs and look at somebody else and be like hey man can you really help me out of this bind because like i don't know what i'm gonna do right now you know what i mean so it's definitely it's definitely nice to have people look out for each other and be like all right hey man i got your back i know how it is like we we can go there and even if it's not exactly the fix you were looking for it's something and you can get you can still get the gig up and running yeah I think that's another thing that actually in time, like, you know, I see a lot of people, especially when they first start out, will argue, oh, I'm going to buy this brand of mixer because it's more reliable than this brand of mixer. But I think the longer you get around things, you start to realize nothing is ever reliable, at least as much (laughs) as you want it to be. You know, a $100,000 mixer can fail just as easily as a $100 mixer can fail. it's really more of the understanding that eventually you've got 40,000 little individual pieces making up an audio system. One of those is going to fail, be ready for it, have Mm. a plan in place and just deal with it. You know, like Chris said, just, you know, take your gloves off, pull panels out, you know, have an idea of what you're doing, try and get a little bit of electronics or electrical knowledge and troubleshoot things um, and try and get them up and going. I mean, yeah. I've very seldom seen a situation where somebody's made something worse. So long as they have that little bit of knowledge of what they're doing, you know, if you're going at a yeah. blind, then it's pointless. But if you have a little bit of skill, a little bit of electronics knowledge, a lot of things is just worth, let's see what we can do to make this happen. Yeah. Sure. A lot of things that I've noticed also is it's like basic signal flow stuff. So whether it's like on a really small scale or a huge tour that's going into arenas and that kind of stuff, if you know your signal flow, you can kind of isolate like, okay, DMX stops flowing here. So no matter how big the rig is, if you know where DMX stops flowing, you could kind of like be like, okay, probably a cable issue, an input-output issue on a fixture, if it's an, like, Artnet node or something like that. Um, Yeah, like, a lot of things are just basic signal flow. So if you could kind of figure all that out, or at least know paths of cables and, like, yeah, so. Yeah, to to speak to that, it's like, you you, want to have, uh, even if you don't have a background in it, get into the mindset of having a troubleshoot mindset ready like have have that mode in the back of your head where it's like all right like i know it's like what you said mike it's like i know the dmx stops here it's like i know the problem ends here or like i'm hearing this issue you know what i mean so if it's a ground hum it's like first thing you do is it a line or a mic level is it a di in there is it something else so it's like try and find those issues and work it out to be able to um figure out exactly what the problem is and try instead of like like i said earlier just like having you know trying to think of all the different ways to do it some of the best uh ways that i've like solved problems are you take that deep breath 
as you get that news. So it's like, hey, man, this stopped working. And it's like, okay, <laughs> let me go. It's, you just like, it, it really helps though. Cause it's like, just take that deep breath, start thinking and just like go, you know what I mean? Try yeah. every, try every possible option, but in an order that makes sense. And you're not like skipping around any of those orders. So it's like, all right, am I getting, you know, it's, it's just it like, if you're at the lighting truck, if you're at the lighting board and uh, you have problems with the lights, it's like, all right, we'll start running through all the lights. Oh, there's the light that stops. Go bring the trust down, go over to that light, reseat all those connections, see what the problem is, see if it fixed it. And then you go from there and see what else uh, happens. You know what I mean? So yeah. make sure you have power, make sure like, because a lot of led fixtures nowadays are like daisy chain so if exactly something's wrong with a power con cable or whatever you're using the link then that'll really screw you over yeah yeah i was i was gonna say tom i know you could probably attest to the fact that i've called you so many times <laughs> at gigs where it's just like I'll, I'll be having the weirdest issue and i don't know what's going on and i just end up like texting you over and over and over again like hey what about this what about that hey are, are these lights configured this way or that way like oh what do i do with this you know what i mean so it's like you said earlier have that network have that uh have the uh you know the knowledge and the mindset to be like all right this is what i need to do first in this problem you know what i mean and then go from there and definitely the last thing i would say is having humility like don't be afraid to be asking for solutions from other people you know what i mean don't and like it's gonna hurt but it's like definitely if it comes down to it like talk to somebody else about it you know let them know what's going on I mean, like i've definitely been on gigs where like i've lost scenes of sound checks i've done for bands in like a festival patch and you just have to like on the fly like i've definitely done this where it's on the fly like you get the next band done and then in that meantime for the next band loading in you're trying to like reset what you did for the other bands you know what i mean yeah so it's you know just be ready to do that it's never a good feeling but be you know just try and think of a solution and have it ready to go right i mean you never really learn anything from a from anything going smoothly right you always learn stuff from very true from yeah. whenever you you botch something or you like you said make a rookie mistake of some sort you know mm -hmm. um and that's you you gotta learn from that and that's just that's just the experience of of anything that you're you're doing so yeah all right and i'll, I'll say to oh, that point Tom. the other thing um knowledge is power if you have a mistake or something fails on a show um Go back in the shop and try and replicate that problem to make sure that you have a full understanding. I've seen a lot of technicians will just say like, oh, well, it was something wrong with the power. I don't know. And yeah. every, if you if you get in that mindset of every single time, oh, this light didn't work. Oh, it's probably the power because that's what happened last time. You're getting an idea in your head that that was what the problem is every single time where it may not have been the issue and you may discover at the shop if if i had a problem with the power at a show what i'm going to do is when i get home i'm going to maybe look up the instruction manual for the generator and say why did this generator have this issue what are its modes of failure like um why was the voltage low on this side of the distro well you know maybe i'll find out about um loose neutral connection and what that can do to it so don't just say like oh well you know 
the audio stopped working because this cable is bad and that's just the end of the story. Next time, if we have that issue, I'm gonna check that cable. Look at it more of like, well, why did that cable fail? Well, it turns out that it got pinched in the door of this rack. So on future things, I need to make sure that I'm more careful with the routing of the cable. So have a full understanding of what caused the issue and how you can mitigate it in the future and not just assume every single time, like, well, it is what it is. Like, you know, I'll just kind of blindly go at it next time. Yeah. Another thing that I've also kind of picked up throughout being on different shows is um, like, just be courteous. Like if you see something, say something, even if like you're just there handling audio and there's another company handling lighting. There was one show I was on, it was outdoors. um, There was like a pair of SL100s and there was an opto laying on the ground. And next thing you know, starts downpouring obviously no one knew this opto was laying on the ground so like i noticed that it was there so i brought it up to one of the lighting team members who like were able to relocate it or move it cover it just so it doesn't become an issue and like i know other people would do the same for us if they saw something so it's like a lot of just being courteous and just recognize that okay everyone's here to put on a good production and so anything i can do to assist in other ways as well or just make sure somebody's piece of gear doesn't get screwed up so yeah i would say too is just having like i said earlier too it's having that system in place to be ready to uh fix problems back at the shop too so it's like that's the reason why we serialize that's the reason why we have uh an email that will just email the the barcode number to and say like it was this gig this barcode look for this cable there's a pinch or something like that because multiple times i've sent stuff back and been like all right where's that one cable that got pinched because i saw ground because i saw like exposed shielding on the cable you know what i mean so definitely have something in place and be ready to handle it internally later too if you can that all sounds good yep all right well it sounds like uh theme of the day is uh preparation patience (laughs) a little bit of humility yes um and just being level-headed really you know when things start to kind of melt down Mm -hmm. um you don't want to stack that on top of you know on your already probably high stress level um so all right well gentlemen thank you again for your time really appreciate all of the information and insights um we'll talk more about uh some other things and uh we'll see you next time see you then see you next time see you